Hello, everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of the podcast. My name is Richard Bryant, and I am your host. It's May 13th, 2020. This is the Corona Chronicles, Day 62. Here are today's news and notes. Our lead story comes from our friends at the Theater Times. This story was posted by Laura Jane Wright and is from the United Kingdom. It's titled Shakespeare on Zoom, How a Theater Group in Isolation Conjured Up a Tempest. While theaters remain closed, the way we watch Shakespeare is changing. When I picture the audiences Shakespeare would have written for, I think of the groundlings in Shakespeare in Love. They stand arms on the edge of the stage, staring upwards, eyes filled with tears, laughing, clapping, gasping. They are part of the show, and they show that they're there. In the bright afternoon sun, the actors can see and hear every reaction. Right now, of course, it's not possible to take a trip to the Playhouse. Still, with the National Theater, the Globe, and the really useful group moving quickly to put past performances online, the theater can come to us via YouTube. We can see and hear the actors. And, having watched Hamlet, Jane Eyre, and The Phantom of the Opera, I've been very grateful for it. But even though we can tweet our reactions, the actors can't see or hear us. The possibility of live performances during lockdown might change that. Over the Easter weekend, I watched an Oxford-based theater company, Creation Theater, and their co-producers at Big Telly Theater Company from Port Stewart in Northern Ireland put on a production of The Tempest via video conferencing platform Zoom. It seemed a tricky challenge under lockdown, with, with each cast member performing and rehearsing from home. Indeed, as chief executive and creative producer Lucy Askew warned before the play began, the night's events were at the mercy of the technological gods. But when the play began, and Ariel conjured a storm, suddenly it became clear that, despite our isolation, we too were part of the action. The audience microphones, muted while the actors spoke, were suddenly raised and we were asked to click our fingers to make it rain. The screen was full of audience members and their pets and their glasses of wine and their pajamas, and the storm was, even if I say so myself, convincing. Within the space of an hour, the audience asked Antonio for answers via the chat function as he boasted of his usurpation of Prospero. We blew wind into the path of a ship and, in lieu of a banquet, all held up an offering of snacks. Each time other audience members appeared on screen, there was a rush of excitement as we got to see one another. Shakespeare knew the importance of his audience's reaction. At the end of The Tempest, Prospero relinquishes his magic and asks for something in return. But release me from my hands with the help of your good hands. Gentle breath of yours my sails must fill, or else my project fails. It's a moment when we, we are asked to make some noise, to clap with our good hands, to cheer with our gentle breath. Prospero's redemption, if we allow him that possibility, comes from finally turning outwards. It comes from him seeing the necessity of his connection to others, to his daughter, to his once forgotten subject in Milan, and perhaps to us. Yet, for all of the noise we made, this new medium exposed the myriad kinds of loneliness in the tempest. Prospero sat in front of a backdrop of television screens, reminding us that we were all at one, removed from one another. When Caliban described the noises of the island, the sounds and sweet airs that give delight and hurt not, it was painfully apparent that he was alone and that there was nothing real to hear. When Ferdinand proposed to Miranda and reached from his screen to hers an impressive feat of Zoom technology, 
that brief moment of contact was bittersweet. After all, the despair of being alone is a fear which Prospero seeks to create. As ordered, Ariel deliberately scatters the shipwrecked courtiers across the island. Yet, as John Donne, a contemporary of Shakespeare, wrote, No man is in an island entirely of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. The dispersed groups came back together. Prospero leaves his island exile and returns home. It's not a perfect resolution, and it's not a happy ending, but it is nonetheless a reunion. As site-specific conference call plays go, The Tempest lends itself to such a production. It's a play about isolation and exile, about characters moving around a small island without ever meeting one another. Creation's performance did nothing to disguise its new medium. In fact, the most powerful part of the performance came as Prospero spoke the famous epilogue, which begins, Now my charms are all overthrown. The cast slowly and methodically packed up their bedsheet green screens and wiped off their makeup. They changed their on-screen identities from their characters' names back to their own. By the time we were invited to stay on Zoom for a moment or two to catch up with friends, thank the actors, and wave goodbye, the spell was broken. The magic may not be entirely over, not least as the popularity of the performances has led to creation extending its run. Moreover, The Tempest is not the only play offered in this new genre of Zoom Shakespeare. Another group of actors recently collaborated to create a Midsummer Night's Stream, which they advertised not simply as a reading, but a live performance adapted for our stage. And there is no reason to think that Zoom theater will stick to Shakespeare. While we will, to entirely misuse one of Prospero's lines, return to a time when we have no screen between this part he played and him he played it for, Zoom theater may not be a temporary measure. Perhaps new plays will be written with the possibilities of Zoom and YouTube in mind. For many, watching theater from home will allow the greater access and comfort. And for now, speaking back, making noise, and waving at strangers could inject a bit of silliness into our own isolated worlds. This article was originally posted at theconversation.com on April 23, 2020, and has been reposted with permission. Page 2. From our friends at whatsonstage.com. People are likelier to spend more money on cultural events after lockdown than less. YouGov poll finds. The results today suggest people will be happy to attend cultural attractions after lockdown. This article was presented by Alex Wood. A new YouGov poll has shed light on what people might be happy to spend money on after lockdowns have ended and coronavirus is less of a threat. According to the results, 19% of individuals will be happy to spend more money on attending events like theater, gigs, and football matches, with 14% expecting they'll spend less on such events. 63% say that the coronavirus will make no difference to their spending habits on such activities. Results differ by age. Almost 30% of young people are happy to spend more on such events in the future, while for those over 65 10% were happy to increase spending. 73% of over 65s say they don't plan to change their spending habits. It also depends on location. Londoners are much more likely to spend more on events after the coronavirus outbreak subsides, with 26% stating that they will. In the North and in Scotland, this is 19%. At the same time, the results state that people will be less likely to spend money on watching TV series and films at home after the coronavirus, while 17% intend to spend more money on going to the cinema. Almost 2,000 people were surveyed in the YouGov poll, which also revealed that, 
out of all the things they could be doing, including seeing friends and family or spending time outside, 4% of people were most looking forward to going to cultural events after the lockdown. If you visit What's on Stage and this article, you can click on the link for the full report. Continuing on, What's on Stage announces its Lockdown Playwriting Prize. The competition is now open and will be accepting entries until June 30th. What's on Stage has unveiled its first ever playwriting competition. Entitled the Lockdown Playwriting Prize, they are looking for brand new pieces that respond to the ongoing coronavirus quarantines. All plays must be titled Lockdown, Week 6, Day 1, with a running length of between 60 and 90 minutes, and no more than 6 characters. The winning script will have the opportunity for a one-night performance at the Turbine Theater when theaters reopen, and will receive a 500-pound prize money. The judging panel will be comprised of Sita McIntosh, the Chief op Operating Officer of What's on Stage, Aaron Rodgers, producer of Sonia Friedman Productions, Susan McKenna, director, Paul Taylor Mills, artistic director of the Turbine Theater, Luke Shepard, director, and Alex Wood, editor of What's on Stage. All entries will be judged anonymously. Chief Operating Officer of What's on Stage, Sita McIntosh, today said, As with all our industry, we are looking forward to when we can reunite in the theater. Until that time, we wanted to play our part in keeping creativity alive. And response, have launched the Lockdown Playwriting Prize. It's open to anyone, and we hope that it will provide a welcome way to inspire people at this time. Anyone willing to enter must submit one script, which should be between 60 and 90 minutes running time without an interval, a 200-word maximum synopsis or treatment. The competition is open to residents in the UK, the Republic of Ireland, British Overseas Territory, or those with a British Forces post office address and should be written in the English language. Of course, you can read the guidance and eligibility information and where to apply by visiting whatsonstage.com. Good luck. Page 3. From our friends at stagedirections.com, the Metropolitan Opera Stage Manager co-authors petition to support entertainment industry workers in the Worker Relief and Security Act. Metropolitan Opera Stage Manager Teresa Ganley and Executive Stage Director Paula Suozzi have started a petition on Change.org to support entertainment industry workers in the Workers Relief and Security Act. In the petition, Ganley and Suozzi write, First, thank you for including entertainment industry workers in the CARES Act. We, the artists, craftspeople, and technicians of the performing arts industry ask you to support the Worker Relief and Security Act bill released by Senators Michael Bennett and Jack Reed, along with Re Representative Don Beyer, to extend the $600 weekly paycheck boost beyond July 31st. We implore you to continue to extend these benefits to both salaried and independently contracted entertainment industry workers. The petition continues, the performing arts industry has been devastated by the coronavirus. It is likely that the time when we can resume work and audiences can gather again with a sense of safety will be many months from now. Most of us who work in the industry were in the first wave of American workers to be laid off and will likely be the last to be phased back in. We ask you to remember that the artists, craftspeople, and technicians who are suffering irrevocable hardship have been members of an industry that has been an $800 billion part of the nation's economy. As it stands, benefits for furloughed workers will last 30 days after the president's declaration of emergency ends, followed by a 13-week phase down. 
benefits will end during the summer, even though there is still uncertainty on whether or not theaters will be allowed to open this fall due to social distancing regulations. The conclusion, live performance is irre irreplaceable. For the arts to emerge from this unprecedented moment, the people who have put their full efforts into creation need support during this time, when we have been asked to pause, because we will all need the inspiration that live performance and the cultural arts offer more than ever as we come out of this moment of national crisis, please support Performing Arts in the Worker Relief and Security Act. If you choose, please visit stagedirections.com and find a link where you can sign the petition. Also, please consider contacting your local and national representative. Next from Stage Directions, the Tech Table webinar. Casey Wilkerson will, speaks with projection designer Aaron Ryan. Tech Table, a new live stream webinar series from Project with Jason, is hosted by line designer Casey Wilkerson. In the next installment, which will live stream on Saturday, May 16th at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, Wilkerson will be speaking with project projection designer Aaron Ryan for an interactive conversation. You can tune in to the live stream on Saturday, May 16th. The live stream tech table will include 50 minutes to one hour archived for teachers to share as future learning opportunities, focused hosted segments with a backstage artist, including designers, producers, tech directors, and other backstage roles, rotating student interaction segments. Some weeks may include design presentations, student questions, educator questions, student challenges, and etc. Student interaction with the guest artist is front and center. For further information on TechTable or any of the other webinar series from Projects with Jason, go to projectswithjason.com. That's projectswithjason.com. To read more about this article, again, please visit stagedirections.com. Page four. From our friends at Oystat, Oystat chat number two and number three is coming up. These special free sessions are discussions on how theater educators cope with COVID-19. COVID-19 has changed the world drastically. Oystat would like to provide Oystat chat, a special free session as a platform to connect and to discuss possible solutions in this unusual time. It is free, but only 50 spots per session. Oystat chat number two and three will focus on theater education, challenges, theater education's face in the period of pandemic, approaches of online teaching and how to support theater students during online learning. Of course, in order to reach the broadcast group of people in different time zones, they, we offer two sessions on May 26th and May 28th, 29th separately. You can join one of the sessions when you are available. Of course, Oystat chat number two takes place on May 26th, Tuesday, and is from 1,300 hours to 1,500 hours Greenwich Mean Time. Oystat chat number three takes place on May 28th on Thursday and on Friday, May 29th, depending on your time zone. The time slotted currently is 1,300 hours to 1,500 hours on May 28th Greenwich Mean Time. Of course, please check out Oystat International on Facebook and also check out oystat.org website. You'll be able to not only see all the pertinent information, 
but also be able to register there. Also coming up, Designers on Design, the next session in the Oystat Lighting Design Working Group's series of online Zoom sessions for everyone interested in lighting and design. Please check this, please check this out on Saturday, May 16th, live on Facebook. You can also participate in the event by signing up through their Zoom portal. Again, check out Oystat's Lighting Design Working Group on Facebook. And finally, from our friends at USITT, scenic designer Christopher Rotan is our feature today in our series of posts from designers whose shows were canceled or postponed. Christopher was the scenic designer for The World Goes Round, which was to be produced at the Marriott Theater in Lincolnshire, Illinois. Here is some insight from Christopher on his designs. Tony-nominated director Marsha Milgram Dodge approached me with a beautiful concept about a group of friends reuniting in an abandoned theater and reliving some of their best onstage moments, while also reminiscing on their past relationships, struggles, and triumphs. In the process, they ignite a spark in themselves that makes the theater live again. To echo this concept scenically, it was my goal to create an environment that was evocative of a dilapidated theater that still retained some of its theater magic. The theater is in the round, so the main scenic gesture is a beautiful, fragmented ceiling that mimics the feeling of a proscenium. As the show progresses, the ceiling repairs itself, and lighting is able to completely transform and revitalize the space. The addition of a donut revolve, which allows the actors to skate without skates during one number, and a series of lifts create limitless possibilities for the director's innovative staging. To check out this wonderful work, please visit USITT's Facebook page, as well as checking out all their other social media platforms. Also from USITT, later this month, the Broadway Stage Management Symposium is going digital. This is a wonderful opportunity for professional stage managers and those interested in the field of stage management. The symposium is the event where dozens of Broadway stage managers share their experience and expertise on the art and craft of stage management. The conference is dedicated only to stage managers. It's built by stage managers for stage managers. Two days of panels and seminars will cover a wide variety of valuable topics led by the professionals that make Broadway happen, and it's all happening online. You can learn more and register today at broadwaysymposium.com. That's broadwaysymposium, one word, dot com. And last but not least, Lightgear has put together an incredibly free webinar being held tomorrow at 1.30 Eastern Daylight Time featuring gaffer Jeff Mural, programmer Scott Barnes, and fixtures designer Mike Vincencio, all of whom worked on Avengers Affinity War and Avengers Endgame, where they will discuss what it was like working on two of the highest grossing films of all time. Be sure to check out USITT's Facebook page for all information. That's tomorrow, Thursday, May 14th, at 10.30 a.m. to noon Pacific Standard Time. Before I conclude today's podcast, I once again want to extend my gratitude to the members of our armed services, to our healthcare workers, our nurses and doctors, to our first responders, our police, fire, and emergency service officers around the world. Thank you, thank you, Thank you. 
Please join me in continuing to support these women and men as they face this near-impossible task of saving lives in the face of such great adversity. Please support your local food bank and shelters. If possible, donate blood at one of your local Red Crosses. Be sure to check in on the elderly and support those who have special needs. Reach out to a friend and help not only make their day, but also improve your own. Also, please support small and local businesses as well. Be sure to continue to practice good hygiene, wearing or wearing of personal protection equipment, and social distancing. I'd like to conclude with a thought I had today as I was getting into a bit of a debate with, with a colleague of mine. And this jumped into my head because I thought maybe this is a better time to back away. And what I thought was, some days it's better to just take the penalty than to argue with the referee. It was definitely one of those days. Better to just take the penalty and not argue and just go on. We'll see how tomorrow goes. My name is Richard Bryant, and I have been your host. It's May 13th, 2020. This has been the Corona Chronicles, day 62. Take care, be well, and have a good night. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions on how to make this podcast better, please send them to archivett24 at yahoo.com. Again, that's archivett24 at yahoo.com.